Hello everyone and welcome to today's IDC's podcast on technology and sustainability. I'm Marta Muñoz and I lead IDC's European Technology for Sustainability and Social Impact Practice. And with me today, I have Adam Turner, who is the head of the UK government and public sector sustainable ICT and digital at the Department for Environment, Food and Rural Affairs at DEFRA. So first of all, hello, Adam, and welcome to today's podcast. It's great having you here with us. How are you today? Hi, Marta. Wonderful to be here. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very well, thank you. It's uh, relatively sunny and dry here in the southwest of England. (laughs) Excellent. So that's always a bonus, I'm sure. So, Adam, before we start, um, why don't you you tell our listeners what exactly your role involves and how it actually expands beyond DEFRA? I think you probably do a much better job than I, I just did introducing you. So go ahead, please. Thank you. I'll, I'll give it a go. You gave my job title perfectly, so that's fine. But essentially, I try to make sure that all UK government departments and a good chunk of the public sector deliver and run their ICT in the most sustainable way possible. So yes, I work for DEFRA, but um, the responsibility is across everyone. I set the strategy, I set the policy, and I also run the annual reporting to try to uh, keep track of how everyone is doing, and we try to help them. Um, so we're not just telling them what to do, we, we provide them with the tools and the guidance to show them how to deliver more sustainable ICT and digital services. So, Adam, um, I wanted to focus on the publication of the UK government's Greening Government ICT Annual Report that has just very recently taken place, only a few days ago. Um, So perhaps worth reminding our listeners in your own words, what is the objective of that report and why do you think it's so significant in the current times? Because it's the report has been published for many years by now, but I think it's incredibly important in the current times. Thank you. Yeah, uh, we've been publishing an, an annual report um, for, well, we've been doing the project for 10 years and I think this is our ninth annual report. The, the report is is vital because it challenges a lot of assumptions. We, we basically report in three key areas. Firstly, the, the footprint of the ICT in terms of energy use and carbon. And that covers everything from end user devices through to the servers running in the background and all the network equipment. Then we look at waste or as we now like to call them resources and we also look at things like best practices and policy and strategy. And as I say this year's publication is really vital because it's it's the last one pre-COVID um, so it takes us up to April the 1st 2020 and it will be a, a kind of a baseline for the next five years following on from the strategy that we published last year to help us understand the true footprint of our ICT and digital services. And that's not just our states, but that's with our service providers. So there's there's lots of gaps in the data and we can talk about that, but we're really pushing to try and understand the true footprint, the true impact, but also the true benefits of ICT and digital. And the way that we can show the benefits is that it's part of our wider greening government commitment work. 
and that work is essentially the corporate and social responsibility reporting for um, UK government. So by putting these two um, bits of data together, we can show the energy footprint from our estates, our buildings, our infrastructure, uh, the amount of waste in total, not just ICT waste, but all waste, the amount of travel, including international travel, and then ICT footprints in there as well. And for years, these two things have been running separately, and there's been an assumption that ICT is getting greener by default and we don't need to do anything. And what we've shown is our ICT and digital services footprint basically is going up and it's going up quite a lot. Um, we're doing great in other areas like ICT waste, where we've got that almost down to zero to land for, I think it's 0.02 or 3% now, um, which is really, really good. And that reflects big advances in the wider industry, as well as us demanding this in policy and contracts and what we're doing here. But footprint is going up. But at the same time, there's been huge reductions in paper use in travel and in estates energy use as we've been able to work more mobile ways um, on our devices and being able to connect as we are today across the world. Um, so I haven't had to fly to come to speak to you today. And that has to be a good thing. And we take a lot of this for granted, but it's only by reporting this and showing this in you know, true data that we can see what we know and what we don't know. And there's an awful lot we don't know. Yeah, and, and you mentioned a very important point there about the importance of collecting data and showing that data and sharing that data, actually. And um, I wonder if you can maybe share with us what do you think are still the gaps around the data collection when it comes to, to the different departments and what they can share and the visibility that they provide? But also, how do you think these might improve in the future as well? Yes, it's, it's, it should be a simple question. Um, it's quite tricky. Um, it, so government, our UK government departments are all encouraged to get involved um, and we're slowly moving towards mandating that everyone gets involved so that we can be open and transparent with our reporting. Um, so it's it's been a challenge to get that buy-in from everyone uh, in order to collect, and then the importance of collecting that data. It can be seen as a, another bit of reporting, and it, and it still is, and people get fed up, and I understand that, with reporting, and when these commissioning emails come out, asking for all kinds of data um, internally, and it's just a headache. Um, but what we're trying to show, and I think are successful in showing, is that by collecting cross-government data, it is so, so powerful that it can be used to make cross-government decisions. So when UK government is looking to make decisions on what it should do with its cloud policy, what it should do with its digital purchasing policy and strategy, essentially, how are we going to do business with industry? It can call on data like the data we that you mentioned that we publish through the annual report and everything that sits beneath it. And there is huge value in that. So we're winning the argument internally. Externally, I made myself very unpopular about three years ago when I went to the senior digital leaders across UK government and said, hey guys, you know, we've been reporting that the footprint's getting smaller. I'm sorry to tell you that I don't believe it is. I think we've just been offshoring the whole lot. And luckily they agreed. I, I really didn't know if they would or not, but they, they all agreed with me. And 
they said, right, we're going to go out to industry, especially to the cloud sector and ask for this information. Admittedly, we could have probably done that better in the first year that we did it because we caught everyone off guard slightly. Um, and perhaps we all got a bit excited with what we were doing. But um, we went out formally through every government department, through their commercial teams and said, please, can we have the carbon footprint for the services that we are consuming? Not the carbon footprint of your company, not what you publish on your websites and in your reports, but us as customer A, what is our carbon footprint for the cloud service that we're consuming? And then since then, we've been on a bit of a journey and it's probably quite well known now that this is a really, really hard topic because as I'm sure all our listeners know that you can't exactly pin down where your information is at any one time when it's sitting in the cloud. But my theory is, was and is, that if we can be charged, then we can apply a carbon measure to that. So that's what we're working on. Um, at the moment, we are getting estimates from big public cloud providers and they are providing data back to individual departments. Um, not everyone is currently playing ball but everyone's showing the intention to move towards a place where we can gather this um, carbon data from the cloud for the services that we're consuming so that we can effectively manage our footprint as customers and not assume, as has been the case for years, and I, I think industry wouldn't mind me saying this, is that messaging has been move everything to the cloud, it's greener. Not arguing with that at all, but we've got to a point now but there's so much information in the cloud and so much potential data moving into the cloud that we need to be able to manage it better. And one of the ways we can do that is managing that carbon footprint. And um, as I say, currently we're, we're not that close to getting accurate data. And and you mentioned, you know, some of the, the information that you're requesting from, from these vendors. Um, what else would you like to, to, you know, for them to share in the future um, beyond what you've been asking them? And also, um, to what level of granularity and consistency as well? So, you know, would you ask for that granularity to go into the different departments to, um, you know, to have real-time visibility of that information, for example, um, how frequently would you like this data to be shared? So, yeah, the vision is um, currently what we're working towards is a portal um, for a single data dump from suppliers into UK government, um, sort of an ask once, give once model. Uh, so currently, as I say, it's individual departments and commercial teams asking for this information. That That is no good, but in all honesty, there is no other way to currently do this um, because we're also bound up by individual accounts. And it's quite frustrating. I'm sure it's frustrating for suppliers when they speak to UK government because they have to, um, they're getting asked for the same information over and over and over again. But likewise, when we try to talk as one government to suppliers, we get bound up by, oh no, that's so-and-so's account, that's so-and-so's account, and we can't get out of that mentality either. So there's a, a vision for a single portal where this type of information can be given once, and then we can delve into that at a departmental level and get the information out that we need. Uh, slightly longer term, and I set this out in the strategy we published in September, is I want it to be open data, and really I'd like to just be able to you know, be sucking this data in automatically. 
but that is going to be some way off. And there are moves across um, across government with the new Chief Digital and Data Office where we're looking at this kind of thinking in terms of how we manage cloud in particular. And this kind of sustainability management could be part of that model. And I think, um, you know, it's also fair to say that the um, the cloud providers themselves, they've realised that, um, you know, this is information that they they are going to be asked about increasingly as well. So they are um, themselves becoming better at sharing some of these information in a more transparent and regular way as well, and doing so in a in a more automated way. So I think mm. it's fair to say that the whole industry, um, not just from a vendor perspective, but from a customer perspective as well, we're all evolving at the same time in a certain way. We are, and it's really important that we that we continue working together. And as I say, I fully put my hands up that three years ago I got it wrong and um, went out to industry and caught people off guard. But I was, I guess I was, my excuse is I was testing the water because I don't think anybody had done it before. Exactly, um, you were a vision. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up with some kind of complex here. Um, I think it's, it, we are evolving, as you say, but we need to work together hand in hand to do this and we need to see what's possible. Um, and I, again, I fully accept that us as customers need to be defining what we need a lot better um, and we need to come up with you know what measures and KPIs we actually need but the good news is that we are doing that right at this moment under something here in the UK called the One Government Cloud Strategy and that's you know sustainability is central to that thinking and what we need um, and again, that's going to, I think it's going to be a softly, softly approach with that. We have to do what's achievable now, but we also have to set out what we need. So we're going to have to start moving towards a more kind of transaction based approach, um, an efficiency type approach rather than a kind of generic carbon for everything approach so that we can start thinking about what types of cloud offering and service are the most appropriate and so that we can eliminate waste. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I do agree. And um, luckily, you know, I think it's fair to say as well that the vendors are all quite keen to to be part of this process and to share their views and, and where the limitations are as well. Because as you say, you know, one thing is what you want to see today, what type of information you may want to see today. And um, perhaps not everything is available today. Not all of that information is um, readily um, available, but um, it's good to have a plan as well for, for looking into the future. Now, I, I do want to move on slightly onto the, um, the circular economy component of the report, actually. And you mentioned earlier as well, Adam, that, um, you know, the, the UK departments have an incredibly low amount of um, electronic waste that goes to landfill, according to the report. I wonder if um, maybe you are in a position to share with us some of the best practices, but also, um, you know, how are you working with the different suppliers and partners in order to achieve this? Because um, it's not always as simple as it seems, actually, to achieve such low um, or, or such high levels of reuse and recycling, actually, from, from electronic equipment. What are your best, um, you know, the, the highlights of what you've seen taking place in the last year? Okay. I'm just debating how honest to be. 
Um, I, I think we've got to recognize how fast all of this is moving. Only three or four, five years ago, we were looking at 7% of ICT waste was going to landfill. Um, around a million kilos of ICT waste was generated um, three or four years ago, and it's now 2 million kilos. So it's not only that we've got better at reuse and recycling, um, but we're also dealing with much larger volumes of it. And the reason for that is that we've been pushing for clauses to go into contracts that have actually stated we, we need zero to landfill as part of the service that you are going to provide us. And again, it's worth going back in time only a few years to thinking that we were paying for equipment in the first place rather than, say, a service, paying for ownership of equipment and then paying again for someone to dispose that. And then that person who's taking that equipment, sorry, that company that's taking that equipment is then getting all the value off of that. So what we've been doing is taking, as you say, those bits of best practices, those departments that have thought a little bit more about this and gone, there's value in those laptops, there's value in those phones at end of life, and we know it. They're building it into the, the procurement models and they're making sure that as part of the contract, it's zero to landfill and there's money back from the resale or the reuse of those goods at end of life. And the best examples out there are probably the, the department that I work for, um, DEFRA and its contract with, with DXC is, is a really excellent contract that's lengthy. I mean, it's detailed, but it needs to be because this is about the um, procurement of, of equipment that is managed in terms of being taken back and refurbished and reused and resold and given out to charities and organisations where it is possible with a certain percentage and carbon reporting for the um, whole life cycle is sent back to DEFRA on a quarterly basis so that we can monitor how well the, the operations are going. Um, and this is very much done hand in hand in terms of service management. It is really important. And because we did that in DEFRA um, two or three years ago, we've been able to share that out as best practice. And in last year's report, um, a number of departments managed to get value back from kit at end of life um it getting close to i think two million pounds which was a big improvement on the year before which was zero um and we have been able to do a great deal of um reuse but as i say i recognize that a big chunk of this is because industry has matured and, and done a lot better here as well um recognizing our own gaps in our reporting we still get a number of departments saying 100 percent recycled um, and unfortunately, you know, there wasn't a team big enough to <laughs> delve into what that actually means when all of this data comes back into us. But we need to get to a point where we're understanding what the term recycled actually means in terms of that data return that's coming from that department. So there are gaps, but I think there's a growing awareness that we need to look more seriously at service models. We need those those strict clauses in there about zero to landfill, about reuse, about charitable giving. Um, how much do you think 
the procurement processes are expected to change in the coming years and um, you know, how has it changed so far as well? Because there have been changes um, throughout the public procurement system. But I guess the key question is how much more does it need to change moving forward to, to help you and the different departments achieve some of those sustainability goals as well? My, my experience of procurement is it needs to be quite simple um, because you've got so many people involved and essentially you need some standards that you can cut and paste into some tender documents and some ITTs and PQQs, you know, questions and tender documents that go out. Um, and where we've come from is an average of around 2% across government for sustainability within IT and digital contracts uh, and tenders. To a position now where the Social Value Act has come out and that is mandating 10%, which is really good. But in addition to that, because it's um, Social Value Act is quite broad in its scope and sustainability is only one element of it, what we're suggesting is that IT should be an additional bolt onto that. And I think that's vital. I think that is part of the step change that's needed. So um, my department, DEFRA, in that contract that I mentioned earlier, that big IT programme, we used 8% for our procurement for ICT for sustainability. Add that onto the 10% for social value. And I think that's probably around the ballpark that we should be looking at. And I, I suspect there's some raised eyebrows going on right there because there's only so much of a percentage to go around. But I think we look at we look at around 18%. For ICT, so that's part of the big change that's needed. Because for me, sustainability is a lens that we apply to everything that we're doing. Um, it's not at the moment; it's kind of a tiny section on its own, but it's it's this it's a fundamental principle to be applied to everything that we're doing, and that's what's got to change. Um, the other bit is that for years we had these things called the government buying standards. In fact, we still do. Um, they were written in twenty twelve and they are in desperate need of updating. So that is another big change that needs to happen here in the UK, um, is that we, we desperately need to update those, to bring those in line with the, as you say, the circular thinking that's going on um, and make sure that those are the minimum standards that go out. Um, and of course, to create these new government buying standards is, is vital for me that we do this in, in partnership with with industry and with academia and charities and everyone else um, so that they don't catch anyone off guard and we don't discriminate anywhere um, as I say give give opportunities to the you know, SMEs um, like there's many in the remanufacturing sector and other areas like that that we'd be keen to um, allow more uh, visibility in the market and in the frameworks. Um, I, see, I suppose that's the other thing to mention as well. I think there's probably an assumption that everyone uses the frameworks. Um, frameworks are great, um, but they're quite limiting for what we can mandate. Um, and the sustainability elements usually get added as a, a bolt-on kind of element, uh, a call-off element into the, into the frameworks. So keen to work with them as well to put as much as we can in there. And then for everyone else that doesn't use the frameworks, provide them with a, we call them um, gold standards, 
um, basically a set of sustainability clauses that we've developed that can be applied whatever the contract um, which moves us a long long way from simply having ISO 14001 as your sustainability clause to having you know um, two well three or four pages of, of clauses um, not all standards I don't want to scare anybody but a lot of this is about sharing information, about doing it in the right way, about working together. Adam, just a couple of um, final questions from, from my side. And um, one of them being, you know, what do you think are the challenges that the government still faces when it comes to um, sustainable ICT? And, and, you know, what is still needed from the government side? And, um, you know, somehow related to these is, um, what would your recommendations be for IT suppliers who are looking at engaging with um, the different government, UK government departments on that sustainable ICT conversation and what can they do as well to, to help you along the journey? Gosh, massive, <laughs> massive questions. <laughs> um, to the end. <laughs> I think yeah, ICT and digital for me is a, is, is a, Bit of a fundamental fork in the road. Um, we've moved, as I said, I've mentioned it a couple of times, from, from sustainable IT being a good news topic. Um, annual reports coming out saying that our footprint's going down, getting better waste, everyone's getting more mature, it's fantastic news, to a different story, which is actually that we're recognising there are huge social impacts in the supply chain. We know that, you know, the mining of certain elements and resources around the world has a negative impact on the planet and the people that are involved in doing that. We know that the footprint for ICT and digital is going up. Yes, we're getting greener on the grids and greener electricity, but we're also recognising the carbon footprint and everything else in the materials, in the servers and everything else that's running. This equipment, so the, the narrative is changing. At the same time, governments around the world are talking about building that better. We're talking about data and digital being at the core of any kind of recovery. So by saying that, they're saying we need more. We need more of everything. Therefore, we need more data centres. Therefore, we need more equipment. We need more of the rest of it. So sustainability and data both having their moments in the sun and for me this is this is really quite tricky to try and grasp and I'm not entirely sure how we can handle this um, but I think that we we just need as I've mentioned a couple of times we need to work really closely together as, as industry as governments with facilitators such as yourselves and academia and, and everyone else to try and work out what we actually need to use. Traditionally, government have been um, not great at bringing in new equipment. It's kind of bolted on to the architecture. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, the network and the enterprise just gets larger. We need to get a lot smarter. It's why I don't think the 18% is a worry because when you look at the big picture of the of the enterprise of, of government's IT infrastructure, applying that sustainability lens to it and working out what we actually need, 
would actually help turn a lot of stuff off, um, move a lot of stuff into the archive in terms of data, make sure that we're only giving people a single best suited device for them to actually do their jobs rather than just making blanket decisions that everyone needs a desktop in a certain department or everyone needs a laptop or everyone needs a tablet. Um, that's certainly not the case anymore. So we need to get smarter. As I was saying in the cloud is another great example. Just blanket decisions to shove it all in the cloud. Let's be smarter about what we actually need. And I think this is the challenge for government to recognise that this this previous good news story around sustainable ICT is actually quite a tricky headache in some cases, but a really, really important one with diminishing resources around the world. So we need to get better at managing this. And my plea to providers and suppliers um, of all shapes and sizes were to be open and transparent with us and work with us to help us work out how best we can do this. Um, I, I really um, get worried that we are going to, under the banner of net zero, just consume more and more and more because we need to recognise that the the, the energy that's running this kit is only a certain percentage of the overall carbon of the whole thing. And it's certainly not just about carbon. So I want to want to work um, very, very closely indeed with, with as many people as possible to work out how we can be super efficient. And this isn't anything new, is it? You know, back in the 80s or whenever it was when the lean concepts first came out, um, this isn't too far away from that, but this is under the new banner of, of sustainability and recognising that we haven't got all the time in the world. We haven't got all the resources. Well, we have got all the resources in the world and they're going to run out. Um, so that is that's the challenge, I think. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, you, you just said it as well. The the challenge with sustainability is that it encompasses a lot more than just the carbon emissions or the energy efficiencies. It goes much beyond those concepts as well, which makes it um, increasingly complex as well for, for those trying to establish a clear path towards becoming more sustainable departments and organizations. And, um, you know, the fact is that this is a journey we're all um, going through and we're all learning. And, um, you know, as you say, the ongoing conversations will help, um, you know, get there at least in a more cohesive way, if not quicker, at least. But um, yeah, those those conversations need to take place. Absolutely. Um, so I think Adam, this is probably all we have time for today. I wanted to say a huge thank you um, to you for your insights, for your time, for your responses as well, and you know, for being so open uh, and, and so transparent as well with all of us. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing the progress in this space from the various UK government departments. And um, I'm sure um, we will continue our conversations to make sure that, um, you know, the, the right path is taken and we all get there eventually. So thank you very much for being with us today. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And um, I don't feel like we've even scratched the surface here. So perhaps we could have a perhaps we could have another one at we can, some we point. We can have another one, yes. Yeah, part two. Uh, but thank part, you. Part two. <laughs>
absolutely. <laughs> I do agree. We will have a part two. Um, for those of you interested in hearing more about how technology is a crucial tool in the journey to becoming more sustainable organizations, businesses, departments, and so on, you can find out a lot more on the idc.com website. But also, as Adam just said, we will be having further podcasts on this topic um, because it's the way forward, really. So this is all from um, all of us now. And thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye.